one verse today, but I want to capsulate. I'm going to be. I'm going to be actually be preaching from verses 15 to verse 25. But I just want to read verse 15. We've been in a series entitled "Face to Face." Amen. We've been in a in a, in a series titled what? Face to Face. And what we've been doing is we've been going through different characters in the Bible, right? Uh, we looked at who? Who have we looked at? We looked at Paul, and now we're looking at who? Moses. Amen? And so let's look at this. Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. When Pharaoh heard of this, heard of what? Uh, this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. I want to talk about this morning face-to-face Moses, but I want to talk about today he worked it out for my good. Tell your neighbor, he worked it out for my good. You would have never imagined in your entire life when you read the Bible the type of people that God used for his divine purpose. Uh, We have taken a a bird's eye view of Moses' life so far. Uh, We saw his birth and how he came into this world not knowing all of the pressures, the pain, and the suffering that he would endure by just being born. Imagine that. Imagine being born into a situation that you didn't ask for. And so, when I look at Scripture, I look at some of the people that God has used. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. They called him trickster. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Come on, somebody. And Naomi was a widow. Imagine that God uses people that you least expect him to use. The one thing, though, that they all have in common is that their past did not mess up their future. Come on and help me somebody. No matter what their past looked like, God saw something in them that they didn't even see in themselves. And sometimes we have to go through some things in order for God to get us to where he wants us. Come on and help me somebody. Aren't you glad that God knows what you will become? Oh, I wish I had you. 
Amen. Aren't you glad that God knows what you will become one day? And ultimately, God knows your purpose. He has a divine path already laid out. And, and, and we'll see as we're looking face to face. And one of the things I want to share with you with all those characters in the Bible, they all have another thing in common. They had to come face to face with God. Can I help you with something? We can't fight what God already has planned for us. Many people fight it though. Many of us struggle. Come on y'all. With accepting what God has allowed. The question is, why does God use people like this? And how do they end up being used by God? They all have had an encounter. And what I believe is that when God gets us to a place or allow us to get to a place where we empty ourselves of ourselves, then we can be used by him. Do I have a witness? You see, your past doesn't make it impossible for you to be used by God. Do I have anybody? And I want to tell you something. After Moses messed up, after he had gotten to the point of no return, because that's where he was. He had killed the Egyptian and now he was at the point of no return. He had messed up. And oftentimes, you know what I think? I believe that God allows us, oh, come on, to mess up. Why? Why, Pastor? Why doesn't God stop me? Because before he was trying to stop you, when he gave you a way of escape, you didn't want that. So what does he have to do? He has to allow you to go through what you're going through so that he can use you for his glory. Can I help you with something? Moses had to go through this. And here's the thing. What God was doing with Moses, he was developing him into a man of destiny. A man of purpose. He was a murderer turned messenger, turned deliverer. Imagine that. Imagine if they were to write your story today. Come on, somebody. You're not what you used to be. Come on. Come on. You didn't think you would be here today doing what you're doing. And in spite of all of the hardships and pain that you've been through in this life, look at you now. Tell your neighbor he worked it out for my good. Amen. The text, and I'm just going to encapsulate the text here, verses 15 to 18. If I crunch it together and I just use verse 15, it says, When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. This wasn't the first time that Pharaoh tried to kill Moses. Do I have a witness? But, but watch this. He was rescued at first. But now, imagine this. Imagine that he's growing up around Pharaoh. He's in the palace running around. He's hanging out. Everybody knows Moses. But the one thing that you got to remember, he would never really belong to them. Because the common denominator is this. He killed another Egyptian. 
The text says, but Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh. And where did he go, y'all? He settled in the land of Midian. And he sat down by what? I think he was a water baby. First he was drew out of the Nile. Now he's sitting by the well. Come on and help me somebody. So, so if I were to say, how does God work it out for my good? I think the first thing I would give you is this, by a divine appointment. You never know that the trouble that you're in may cause you to triumph. The text says, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Seems like Moses got a running theme in his life. Pharaoh had a daughter. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Now the priest of Midian, he's on the other side of the mountain. mountain. He's on the other side. He ran out here. And here he is. He settled in this land. The text says, and they came to draw water. Did they just come to draw water? No. Tell your neighbor a divine appointment. Can I help you with something? Don't ever overlook the people that God is trying to use to help you. Don't don't overlook that because your divine appointment involves people. Because you can't see God. But what you can see is the hands of God. Come on, somebody. He'll feed you. He'll supply for you. He'll protect you. Watch this. Just when you think that you've messed up beyond return. Tell your neighbor, God has a divine appointment. The text says, the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill their throats to water, to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up, and what did he do, y'all? He helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to reel their father, He said, why have you come back so soon? Now, I see God orchestrating. First of all, the shepherds that was troubling the girls. And then you have Moses, who's a murderer. Moses, who had a temper. (laughs) You think he, he drove them away? He really drove them away? Watch this. God had orchestrated this divine appointment. And can you imagine what's going on in his mind? He's on the run. He's sitting by the well. He's going through the emotions unless he didn't feel nothing. Man, I just killed somebody. I just crossed the line. Now remember, they didn't have the law yet. But Moses knew it was wrong because he ran. (laughs) Not only he ran because of Pharaoh, but he ran because he wanted, and then not only that, but when he hid the body, when he tried to cover up his sin, that's what we do. It's all illustrative of what we do. Sometimes we don't want to be exposed, so we try to cover it up with clothes and And we try to cover it up with cars and creature comforts, but really on the inside, watch this, we're hurting. On the inside, we're broken. But I thank God that he knows how to work it out for my good. See, Moses had a character problem. 
Moses had a spiritual problem. But Moses didn't even know what he needed to solve the problem. <clears throat> Watch this. God protected him in the palace. And now God sent him to a priest. Watch this. He, in his early years, he got secular information. <laughs> now on the other side, he's 40 years old now. And watch this. Now God has given him some spiritual information. Because he sent him to a priest. Now, I don't know what type of priest he was. But I don't think he was a priest of God. Because I believe that he was in some form pagan. But watch the text. Let me say this to you. He's on the run. And, and how, many, how many know that the emotional stages that he's going through? Okay? Grief. Regret. Or maybe he felt justified. But God placed those girls. Right where they are supposed to be. Can I help you with something? You ever heard this expression? Don't bite the hands. Lord have mercy. You may not be able to see God right now. Somebody say, I can't see God, Pastor. I know what you're talking about, but I don't see him. It's not for you to see him. You have to see him. Tell your neighbor, orchestrate. God is a great orchestrator. God is a great designer. God is a great architect. And what God is doing in our lives right now, he is divinely appointing you in places where he needs you. Watch this. So that you can become what he already sees. Are you with me? Watch the text. We're going to go to verse 19. Verse 19 says this. It says, so, so they said, now this is the part that really gets me. An Egyptian. What does that mean? That means that Moses, who was a Hebrew boy, now takes on the identity externally. Of an Egyptian. Can I tell you what e Egypt is representative of or symbolic of in the Bible? The world. So Moses had gotten a secular college degree. And not only did he get a secular college degree, but he learned how to live nat in a nat with a natural mind, with a secular mind. He wasn't thinking about God because he grew up being influenced by the world. Isn't God awesome? Isn't God awesome how he'll take you out the world? His name, Moses, mean, means drawn out. And what God is doing now, oh Lord Jesus, he's drawing him out of the world to prepare him for his divine destiny. Are you with me? Verse 18. I mean, verse 19 says, Good Lord Jesus. 
They said to their daddy, Daddy, look, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And what is more, he even drew the water, his kindness, for us to water the flock. His daughters, he said to his daughters, where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. The next thing I see is how is God working out for my good? By divine provision. Everything about Moses' life is divine, y'all. It's, it's divinely orchestrated. Listen, sometimes you got to step out yourself and take a look at your life. Anybody? Anybody with me? You know what I mean? You ever have that moment? Is that me? Sometimes we're so involved in us that we forgot or we forget or we don't see. Or we're so focused externally that we don't see what God is doing in us internally. But watch this. Step out yourself every now and then. Look at the path that God has you on. Can I ask you a question? How, how many single mothers we got in here? Or, or, or raised, you, was, you raised your child by yourself. Let me see that. All right? Watch this. Did he not take care of you? Huh? Did you not raise those kids? Did God not provide for you? Watch this. Did not God allow you to send them to college and help them to, through some things in life? Watch this. And what I'm saying about that is the fact that you have to look carefully and you will see God's hands providing. Everything comes from God. God stepped out of nothing. Hey, come on somebody. And he made this universe. It seems like this is a running theme in Moses' life. But by God's grace, he provides for Moses. How was Moses going to survive in the land of Midian? He had nowhere to go. And immediately, God divinely rescues him and puts him in a place where he can survive. I thank God for his provision. Don't overlook the fact that you have a job. Come on somebody. And he keeps on blessing you. You, you and I could be on the streets right now. Or our story could be different. But see when you have a divine purpose. You got to remember that God will divinely provide for you. Are you with me? Verse 21 says, and Moses, look at this, was willing to dwell with the man. And look at Moses, look at Moses. Now, now listen, you got to know from verses 20, verse 20 to 21, some years that went by, okay? So, so, so you got to know that. It didn't just happen, okay? And, 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 and the man gave his daughter, Zephorah, to Moses, and she gave birth to what? A son and named him Grisham. And so he said, I've been a sojourner in a foreign land. Now, what is going on now with Moses? Moses has had 
a divine appointment. All right? He has had a divine provision. But God allowed Moses to go to this land because of the next thing. By divine development. Can I help somebody something here today? God is developing you. Listen, listen, listen to me real good. Moses stayed here for 40 years. Do you know what Moses was doing in 40 years? What he was doing? He was collecting data. He was learning every twists and turns. And he was learning about life. And he was becoming a shepherd. In other words, God was developing him to lead. But watch this. But to lead his way. He was in the university of wilderness. He had, if you would, he enrolled in the school of hard knocks. And for 40 years, he's developing his life as a shepherd. Why, you say? Because Moses was ultimately going to be the deliverer of Israel. Watch where I'm going with this. You may not understand what God is doing in your life right now. You may be looking at the situations and saying, Pastor, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Listen, I'm out here in this wilderness. I'm by myself. I'm struggling with this, that, and the third. But. Can I help you with something? Tell somebody it's for my development. It is for my, but here's the thing though. You got to catch the word there. Divine development. There's a difference. There's a difference when you do self-help and when God do it. <laughs> when God does it, you change permanently. I'm working on a, on another book right now. Um, um, and the title is, Lord, Change Me. 30 Days of Transformation. It's prayers. You know, I'm talking about praying. And, and here's, what I, here's what the Lord showed me. You ready? The Bible says that the Spirit, when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays for us. Correct? Then he says, he who searches the heart. Knows the mind of God. And, 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 I, and, and, and in my introduction, I, I, I said that imagine if you started praying for the things that the Holy Spirit knows about you that he intercedes for, for you. Lord have mercy. And is it really possible to know what he's praying for? Well, here's what I know. I know you know you. Come on, somebody. And I believe that the only way that you can get in tune with that, if you're honest with yourself. You see, what God wanted to do with Moses through his development is to transform this man. Watch this. By using his 
mess-ups, his mistakes, he turned it around for his good. And while Moses didn't complain because he understood why he was there. But look, look at this. Just because time has passed, it doesn't change what you've done. And so what God was doing in Moses in this topography of Sinai, the peninsula here, which would later become helpful, which he led the Israelites in that way in the wilderness. So can I help you with something? Look at your environment and ask yourself a question. God, what are you preparing me for? Because God is developing us for something greater than what we see right now. It took 40 years to get this man, come on y'all, to the point where he was. 40 years of God dealing with his insecurities, dealing with his guilt. Dealing with his discouragement. Watch this. He's getting married and, and he has children and all this other stuff. But you got to check out verse 23 and I'm going to sit down. It says here, it says here, verse 23 says, Now it came about hmm, in the course of those many days, that's 40 years, that the king of Egypt died. Hmm. And the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage. They cried out and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up. That word, that word, that word rose in the Hebrew, that word means to um, ascend, to climb. Is your prayers going up? Or is it hitting the ceiling coming right back down? Because there's a possibility that can happen. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So Pharaoh's dead. And the people of Israel are in bondage. What's going on? They're struggling. Look at verse 24. So God heard their groaning. And the only reason why God stepped in. But imagine this. Imagine God for 40 years. Moses over there doing his thing. And in Moses' absence. He could have been living in those conditions. Watch it now. But God isolated him isolated him to ultimately use him. Isn't God good, y'all? You're wondering, you're saying, I'm lonely. I can't find a man. I can't find a woman. I can't, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying. And you don't know what God is doing right now. God is developing you. God is changing you. Like, how long, Pastor? Well, 40 years. You see, we live in a microwave society here. Okay, we want things quick. But let me tell you something. An, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
A person will fool you in a minute. And if you're not careful, all right, you will find out the real deal over time. Y'all with me? Don't let me use you now. Don't let me lose you now. <laughs> watch, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. God heard the groaning. And look what it said, y'all. You got to catch verse 24. And God remembered his what? Covenant. The one thing you got to know about God, here's a promise, y'all. There's 7,476 promises in the word of God for the believer. You better stand on a few of those. But one thing you got to know about God and his promises, when it, as it pertains to you, he will never fail on his promises to you. You say, what is his promise? Promises, Pastor. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, their seed begging bread. Do I have anybody here could testify to that promise? That you've tried him. And you know that he's all right. Come on, somebody. God has been faithful to you. Even when you were faithless to him, he showed up right on time. Watch this now. Moses. Pharaoh's dead. You know what that means? The death of Pharaoh meant that Moses could return to Egypt. Because at the death of Pharaoh, watch this, the Egyptian authorities dropped all the pending charges. I often ask myself that question, right? Like, how did he get away with it? I don't believe he got away with it. I just believe that he was in a minimal, minimum security facility called the wilderness. And you better believe that he lived with this on his mind for 40 years. But when he went back, God had cleared all his charges. Thank God that he clears all our charges. Thank God that not only does he clear our charges, but then he uses us for his glory. The text says he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw, God heard, God saw, and God remembered. You better hold on to that. God heard, God God what? Remembered, and then he what? He saw. Aren't you glad you serve that God? Aren't you glad that the God you serve sits high and looks low? Aren't you glad that heaven is his throne room? Earth is his footstool? Come on, somebody. And you and I can worship at his feet. Thank God that he saw the sons of Israel. And God took notice of them. So the last thing I want to give you. Not only by his divine development that he worked it out for his good, but ultimately because of a divine what? Purpose. What is your purpose? 
what is your divine purpose? And when you realize that everything that has happened to you in life is linked to your divine purpose. Saints, when you walk out these doors today, you can go back to that hell if you want to. Or you can say, God, reveal to me your divine purpose. And when you know your purpose, and when you know that you're not an accident, you're not just happenstance. In other words, you got to change the way you feel about yourself. You got to feel good about who God has created you to be. You may not be tall. You may not be whatever. But stop comparing yourself and start believing that the purpose that God has for your life is important to his plan. The story of a preacher returned from a tour of Europe where he had visited his cousin who was a preacher. And he related a story to him. He says in London they have what's called scrub women. Uh, They're employed to clean floors, walls, windows, and that kind of stuff. They're called scrub women. And so this woman had taken taken ill. Friends sent her to friends had sent her to the hospital. In other words, she was on the lowest point of life and, and couldn't afford it, but they sent her to the hospital. And during her stay, she walked along the corridor and she developed a fondness for this 12 year old freckle faced red hair boy in the room across from hers and they visit with each other daily early one morning she was awakened by confusion and 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 conversation presently the boy's mother woke her up brokenhearted she ventured into the woman's room saying doctors said that johnny has only 10 minutes to live. Won't you say something to him? And so with courage and conviction, uh, by the way, she was a great Christian woman. The woman walked calmly to Johnny's room, sat on the side of his bed, took his thin hands between her calloused palms and said, listen, Johnny, God made you. God loves you. God sent his son to save you. God wants you to come home with him. With great difficulty, the boy raised his eyebrows and uh, entreated his friend. And he said, say it again. Softly, she replied, God made you. God loves you. God sent his son to save you. God wants you to come home with him. Johnny looked up at her benign face and said, Tell God, thank you. You see, (laughs) the beautiful thing about life is this, that no matter what you do, God loves you. Come on, somebody. (laughs) God sent his son to die for you. Watch this. And eventually God wants you to come home with him. The question is, will you say thank you? And I thank God today. That no matter what you've been through and some of the stuff you've been through and going through, you got to remember, God loves you. I'm sorry, God made you. 
God loves you. God sent his son to save you. And God wants you to come home with him. Give God a hand clap of praise.